You know your own degrees. Sit down. At first and last, the hearty welcome. Thanks to your majesty. Ourself will mingle with society and play the humble host. Our hostess keeps her state, but in best time, we will require her welcome. Pronounce it for me, sir. To all our friends, for my heart speaks, they are welcome. See they encounter thee with their heart's thanks. Both sides are even, here I'll sit the midst. Be large in mirth, and we'll drink a measure the table round. There's blood upon thy face. Tis Banquo's, then. Tis better thee without than he within. Is he dispatched? My lord, his throat is cut. That I did for him. Thou art the best, O the cutthroats. Yet he is good that did the like for fleance. If thou didst it, thou art the nonpareil. My royal sir, fleance is scaped. Then comes my fit again. I had else been perfect. Whole as the marble, founded as the rock, as broad and general as the casing air. But now I am cabined, cribbed, confined, bound in to saucy doubts and fears. But Banquo's safe. Ay, my good lord, safe in a ditch he bides, with twenty trenched gashes on his head, the least a death to nature. Thanks for that. There the grown serpent lies. The worm that's fled hath nature that in time will venom breed. No teeth for the present. Get thee gone. Tomorrow we'll hear ourselves again. My royal lord, you do not give the cheer. The feast is sold. That is not often vouched while tis a making. Tis given with welcome. To feed were best at home. From thence the sauce to meet is ceremony. Meeting were bare without it. Sweet remembrance, sir. Now good digestion wait on appetite and health on both. Mid please your highness, sit. Here had we now our country's honour roofed. Were the graced person of our banquo present, who may I rather challenge for unkindness than pity for mischance? His absence, sir, lays blame upon his promise. Please your highness to grace us with your royal company. The table's full. Here is a place reserved, sir. Where? Here, my good lord. What is it that moves your highness? Which of you have done this? What, my good lord? Thou canst not say I did it. Never shake thy gory locks at me. Gentlemen, rise. His highness is not well. Sit, worthy friends. My lord is often thus, and hath been from his youth. Pray you, keep seat. The fit is momentary. Upon a thought, he will again be well. If much you note him, you shall offend him and extend his passion. Feed, and, and regard him not. Are you a man? Aye, and a bold one that dare look on that which might appall the devil. <sighs> Proper stuff. This is the very painting of your fear. This is the air-drawn dagger which you said led you to Duncan. Oh, these flaws and starts, impostors to true fear, would well become a woman's story at a, at a winter's fire, authorized by her granddame. Shame itself. Why do you make such faces when all's done? You look but on a stool. Prithee, see there. Behold, look. Lo, how say you? Why, what care I? If thou canst not speak too, 
If charnel houses and our graves must send those that we bury back, our monuments shall be the maws of kites. What? Quite unmanned folly. If I stand here, I saw him. Fie for shame! Blood hath been shed ere now in the olden time. Ere human statute pur purged the gentle wheel, I and since too murders have been performed, too terrible for the ear. The time has been that when the brains were out, the man would die, and there an end. But now they rise again, with twenty mortal murders on their crowns, and push us from our stools. This is more strange than such a murder is. My worthy lord, your noble friends do lack you. I do forget. Do not muse at me, my most worthy friends. I have a strange infirmity which is nothing to those that know me. Come, love and health to all. Then I'll sit down. Give me some wine, fill full. I drink to the general joy of the old table, and to our dear friend Banquo, whom we miss. Would he were here? To all and him we thirst, and all to all. Our duties and the pledge. Avaunt, and quit my sight. Let the earth hide thee, thy bones are marrowless, thy blood is cold. Thou hast no speculation in those eyes which thou dost glare with. Think of this, good peers, but as a thing of custom, tis no other. Only it spoils the pleasure of the time. What man dare, I dare. Approach thou like the rugged Russian bear, the armed rhinoceros or the hyrcan tiger. Take any shape but that, and my firm nerves shall never tremble. Or be alive again, and dare me to the desert with thy sword. If trembling I inhabit then, protest me the baby of a girl. Hence, horrible shadow, unreal mockery, hence! Why so? Being gone, I am a man again. Pray you sit still. You have displaced the mirth, broke the good meeting with most admired disorder. Can such things be and overcome us like a summer's cloud, without our special wonder? You make me strange, even to the disposition that I owe. When now I think you can behold such sights and keep the natural ruby of your cheeks, when mine is blanched with fear. What sights, my lord? I pray you speak not. He grows worse and worse. Question enrages him. At once, good night. Stand not upon the order of your going, but go at once. Good night, and better health attend his majesty. A kind good night to all. It will have blood, they say. Blood will have blood. Stones have been known to move, and trees to speak. Augurers and understood relations have by maggot pies and choughs and rooks brought forth the secretest man of blood. What is the night? Almost at odds with morning, which is which. How sayest thou that Macduff denies his person at our great bidding? Did you send to him, sir? I hear it by the way, and but I will send. There's not a one of them. But in his house I keep a servant feed. I will tomorrow to the weird sisters. More shall they speak, for now I am bent to know by the worst means the worst, for mine own good. All causes shall give way. I am in blood, stepped in so far. 
that should I wade no more, returning were as tedious as galore. Strange things I have in head that will to hand, which must be acted ere they may be scanned. You lack the season of all natures. Sleep. Come, will to sleep. My strange and self-abuse is the initiate fear that wants hard use. We are but yet in young indeed. I'm Joe Wolverton. Oh, oh, go ahead, do it again. Oh, yeah. yep, I'm still Joe Wolverton. Um, <laughs> and I do everyone except Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. Um, I was up for Lady Macbeth, and I I was robbed. I think it was uh, one of those things that I don't know. So person sorry. wanted someone with lighter colored hair. You know how it is. <laughs> Blondes have more roles and all that. So. Anyway, but I do, yeah, I do everyone except Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. And he does a great job of it, um, as far as he can. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my name is Stephen Levitt. I played Macbeth. Uh, like like Joey, I was, uh, I was up for another role. I wanted to be the ghost, but then they told me that this would be an audio recording, and the ghost doesn't have any lines. <laughs> so... I settled is for Macbeth. Why you, is that why you showed up so pale? That is why I showed up uh, so pale. No, that's so, just that why is. he looks that's like naturally. <laughs> my, my nature, my you, cheek is already blanched you, you with beer. <laughs> blanched, blanched, blanched with jeans. Indeed. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so I settled for the title character of the Scottish play. The Scottish play. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Rebecca Hecht, and um, you know I called dibs, so I'm Lady Macbeth. And <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. There was no rock paper scissors or anything. It was just just me, and I'm not quite as witty as my two comfort compatriots here. So it's true. I'm just. I'm just the way that not I am. Half so witty, but quite yeah, twice. That's, so that's why pretty. I didn't get the part of the fool in this play. You know, the comedic relief in Macbeth. <laughs> the comedic relief in Macbeth. Only... I mean, I... just depending on your perspective, Lady Macbeth could be the comedic relief of the play. No, she's a very multifaceted character. You know? I'm so happy the way you did it, though, because too often you hear people play Lady Macbeth, and she's just black. You know, she's just. The darkest, most evil, one-dimensional character. And nobody is that. It's true. Mm. You know, nobody is that. And so you did a, just a superb job of, I mean, just like of the idea undulating, you know. Of, of creating range, you know. Mm -hmm. I think you know, the idea that, you know, you can only see stars when there's darkness, but you can also only see darkness if you, if you know what light has been. Mm. Take that kind of idea and making sure that Lady Macbeth, you know, she wasn't born evil. There's a character belt that happens there. Yeah, it's she's. I think that's one thing. Like we were talking before, before we started. That's one thing that people forget about her, is that this play begins with an act that's of women that I've known. One of the saddest in their lives is the loss of a child. Uh, you know, a, a, a miscarriage, as it were. Because you think of the emotions in that, and I wonder if Mrs. Shakespeare, if they hadn't had some experience, you know, having mm -hmm. their mm -hmm. two kids, which would be unusual for 
the time. But I, you know, I personally know ladies that have experienced that and their entire lives have changed. They've gone from a happy-go-lucky girl to a perpetually sad woman. And it's disturbing to see, although not, you know, you can't criticize her. Mm-hmm. And I think Lady Macbeth, too often people forget the the orchestra of emotion that goes into pregnancy, the hope of it, and then the loss of it. It's You don't just lose a child. You lose a timeline of the next 80 years or so. Mm. And you've got to now recreate that with not only with people say, well, you start over. No, you start worse than over because now you have some pain there that wasn't there before. There is a, you know, a might have been that's lost, which is so much worse than never, never, never knowing knew it. that there was something. Yeah, exactly. And what I really appreciate about Shakespeare is that we do get all of that nuance in Lady Macbeth. And I think he sets he sets us up for misunderstanding almost because so much of that character development is done off script and mm-hmm. off and off stage, as it were. And I but if you think about the fact that Shakespeare's not really taught properly if taught at all (laughs) you when you wind up with a a culture like ours where everyone's that's a bad guy and that's a good guy Mm. that rarely is true you know but we have this society where if you're not one of us you're one of them and everything you do is wrong Mm. it's really that's really interesting because in society you're right it is very um there are many factions and we're very divided. But even as that's been happening, I've noticed the characters in our stories um, have become much more morally gray and much more nuanced. And so it's interesting to see the dichotomy between people and the characters that they create. I think it's one of those tragedies, unfortunate use that word, one of the tragedies of our time that they've, practically erase Shakespeare from the curriculum and they blame it on uh, things that they say are inappropriate, you know, double entendre and everything. Which, I mean, you know, you want to go places for some dirty jokes, Shakespeare is certainly not lacking. It's laden with them, but (laughs) I, you know, I had Shakespeare all growing up as a child and, you know, when it came to that stuff, we just glided over it. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of those things, what's wrong with saying you'll understand it sometime later? For now, yeah. focus on the things you do understand. Focus on learning who this man is. Why do we care? Mm-hmm. You know, why is, you know, there's so many things that we get from Shakespeare. And one of them, yes, is the double entendre. But another one is the, I don't know, like I call it the pendulum. We're all on it. Macbeth, mm-hmm. Lady Macbeth. All of Scotland, in this case, is on it because what's going to happen to our history? I wanted to go back to something, sorry, that you said earlier about, or was it Stephen, with Lady Macbeth's, a lot of her character development taking mm-hmm. being taking place off, off screen, off script, I guess, and almost that we're set up to misunderstand her. And I think that's something that exists in a lot of Shakespeare's plays. He does... I'll take it to Hamlet, you know, where Hamlet has the play within the play where he's basically trying to get his uncle to admit to his guilt. And I think Shakespeare 
he does that in his plays for the people of his time, you know, in the portrayal of women in his plays. Even if you want to go to The Merchant of Venice with the Jew who's supposed to be the villain, but he isn't really the villain, and questioning those those social norms and those stereotypes and sometimes setting up his audience to misunderstand. But if you really study it and look at it, you you come to realize that Shakespeare has a different message than what you would maybe take at face value. That's a lesson that I learned. I talked to uh, Mike about it one time was my least favorite role. So I, I did Shakespeare in college and in high school. And my least favorite role was Iago because I thought he was so despicable. But then as I started studying Iago and thinking through his motivations, Iago's no more or less despicable than Othello. Mm. Othello is in a certain channel. And so Shakespeare, sort of like you say, he leads you that way uh, purposely to, you know, to zig when you think he's about to zag. Yeah. And that's what he does with Iago and Othello. Othello... When you think through, if you, like, I would just sit, I remember sitting in my room and thinking, why would he say this? Why would he do this? And you're like, I would say that. I would feel that way. Definitely. You know, I, I might not take it to the to the extreme that Iago does, but I love what you said, Susanna, about Shakespeare purposefully sets you up for that, to pull the rug out from under you. Yeah. And I think for an intellectual purpose. Definitely. Yeah. For the pur- not for the purpose of entertainment, but for the purpose of, I don't know, what do they call it? Edutainment. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. It reminds me of um, when in the Bible, Christ is talking to his apostles about his par- parables, and he says, he that has, hath mm-hmm. eyes to see, let him see. Yeah. And it just, I think... When we read Shakespeare today, we are blind to things that would have applied to people in his day. Because I think his plays were just as moving and powerful and edutainment, if you will, in his day (laughs) as they are in ours. But in our day, we perhaps see more that they didn't see. And they for sure saw things that we don't see. And so it's interesting how the stories can really tell different teachings over time and they can travel through time. Uh, that's what makes him a classic, I was right? Say that's the mark of a classic. Yeah, that's he's timeless. He's he's un un, you know, his his applicability to one's life is not screwed to one particular, you know, era. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe there's something to the fact that it's almost a universal trope that kids hate Shakespeare. So sad. Which ah. is, but it's predictable because mm-hmm. Shakespeare is portrayed as something where you're taught that. It's like I say, it's it's almost cultural. Well, you sit down in you know in an English class, and the teacher's like, "We're going to be studying whatever blah 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 play in Shakespeare." Sorry, this is the boring section. Precisely of the class. what like, I'm yeah, like. That's how you sorry. start it off. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you say, <laughs> yeah? And you know what? One of the things I think is, I for example when I was teaching at a school and the kids were going to do um, a play and I can't remember which one, the teacher literally handed out to them that um, I forgot what it's called, the like Shakespeare for dummies, but the thing mm-hmm. they do for the, to help kids know, understand yeah. Shakespeare. The cliff notes version? The cliff notes or- yeah. Yeah. It has a name to it. I can't remember the name of it right now, but they're famous and they have, it's, 
And so that, sir, we're not going to read. And so she would tell them, you can print off scenes, but we're going to read together this, you know, Shakespeare for dummies. (laughs) Well, right then you're telling them so many subtle messages. A, Mm -hmm. Shakespeare's too hard for you to understand. Rubbish. B, you're a dummy. Also not true. Right? C, we don't have time to actually read this. Mm -hmm. Mate, you don't have time to skip Shakespeare. Yeah. Skip mm-hmm. other things. Don't skip him. <laughs> for yeah. sure, for sure. And even having seen a lot of that, Shakespeare, I think the formatting does, the formatting of a book doesn't do him as much justice. Mm-hmm. Because, well, number one, I was as I'm reading through this as we were performing oh. this, the line breaks mm-hmm. are so strange. And you really have to read past that and contextualize everything. You have to contextualize his punctuation and line breaks. And you did a great job of that, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But you do have to contextualize all of that. And I I think we've become too structured to our grammar to read him almost. Hidebound, you know, these are the rules and that's what you do and... Shakespeare is meant to be read this way. And I mean, Shakespeare, I think, would walk out of most Shakespeare performances. <laughs> like, this is heckin' boring. This is so <laughs> bad. Like, what's going on? What do they do to my baby? You know? <laughs> but if you take, like, yeah, like I have Macbeth the... experience. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, I have the, the Folger Library collection. Mm-hmm. And I love that collection because when there are things like you're talking about that or maybe it was you, Susanna, one of you said how that would make more sense to them, mm-hmm. uh, to the people of his time. When it has those marginal annotations that tell you this is what I was talking, you know, what he was talking about, mm-hmm. that make, to me, that's the thing that I think is so invaluable. Don't make a kid, you know, that thing that I say about Teflon words, don't don't let Shakespeare run off you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Read those marginal notes, and if you still don't get it, talk it out. Why is he saying this? Even in the act, that the, the scene that we read, if you glide over some of that, like I looked up a bunch of that before we did this, so that it, I could contextualize what he's mm-hmm. talking Understand about. Understand what's happening now. Yeah, exactly. And if you do that with kids, I mean, Shakespeare's no more inscrutable than the three little pigs. Yeah. Sorry. The... The three diminutive swine. Yes, exactly. I mean, oh, it's like that. Look at that! You didn't mess it up this time. To practice practice the Scottish accent, I was watching Billy Connolly, Mm -hmm. and he talks about how he something about a dwarf, and his Mm -hmm. wife is in this is in is telling him, Billy, you can't say dwarf, and he's like, but he's a dwarf, (laughs) and she's like, you have to say little person, and he's like. But he's not a little person. He's a dwarf. <laughs> Why can't you say dwarf? And so, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> you you talk about, yeah, I mean, do we explain the three little pigs? Do we, do we explain ring around the rosy? No. I mean, actually, it would be kind of good if someone explained that. That's it what, would be lovely if, we, if, if <laughs> teachers. That's a rough little poem right there. <laughs> it totally is. But it's no... Like I say, it's no easier to understand than Shakespeare. If you have, I mean, look, look at the prophets. 
many times in scripture, they'll have these visions and are they left without a guide? Rarely. Mm-hmm. Always there's a guide. What does that look like to you? Well, it looks like this. Well, that's not what it is. It's this. So why shouldn't we have that for something like Shakespeare that I think if you read it the right way and with a guide mm-hmm. can be a revelatory transcendental experience yeah you know where you're a better man after reading it than you were before it but you need a guide if a prophet needs a guide the rest of us do too Mm -hmm. and i think there's nothing wrong with having a guide but i would say when it comes to shakespeare beware of false prophets there are many people who fancy themselves guides who aren't worthy of that of that role let's talk about this scene like mm-hmm. the scene you guys just did let's contextualize that a little bit like yeah okay in Macbeth what, what what's going on here and what are um what should people be what should people know going into this I just think you know one of the things the reason I suggested this scene is I think that there's so much craziness mm. portrayed on a flat uh you know stage as it were because you've got the murderers and you've All got them pretty much yeah and you've got Macbeth walking so excited i mean obviously just reading it's harder to know but he's so excited to see them coming in because now he's like are they dead and dude yeah. has blood on his face which that's just a bad move. Like check a mirror or something, bro. Well, <laughs> Don't walk into the king's court with blood on your so, face. Yeah, exactly. But he's so excited when Macbeth's like, because Macbeth, here's all these people here to celebrate Macbeth, and Macbeth goes running over to this dude, and whisk, nobody else knows. Nobody else knows what's going they on. Can't right? You can't have anyone else know. And he runs over to him. He's like. You've got blood on your face. Yeah, that's the first thing he says, too. Like, like, nothing else. He's like, oh, my goodness. You've got blood on your face. What went down? He's like, haha, if I got blood on my face, it's bankrupt. You know, it's like, (laughs) and you're like, oh, thank goodness, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then he's like, slaughter you. And then he's like, so taken. I don't The fact that he's sitting, it just blows my mind. Mm -hmm. It'd be like if we were just having a big party here and there are just people all around. Stephen walks in after I told him to go murder someone, and I'm like, pew. And everybody's like, where is he going? You know, yeah. and I'm Steven, all going, you've got blood on your got face. Blood on your face He's like, you weren't that excited to greet the rest of us. <laughs> right. Right. And then, yeah, it's. I think that's so bizarre. Wouldn't I? Okay. If I were Macbeth, I would just play it cool. Like, I would, I don't know, some hand signal. Yeah, you, you yeah, just, just look like, at him and you do like the little head gesture, going. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you got him. You killed him. Swell. Tip your and, hat. I mean, how you would have done the, the you know, the flint. How would you, did you get both of them? Did you, yeah, one, a little peace sign, you know, throw yeah. it in there. Right, exactly. Check the fly, you got some thumb on your face. <laughs> and exactly. And I don't know. And then just from that, because what really makes him lose his mind? Because he says, right? The one murderer says, yeah, we didn't quite get Flint. Yeah. And then mm. Macbeth just snaps. Mm. And mm. I think that's kind of the moment for me that I was going to mention is, you know, he's so confident and comfortable. He's, you know, he's done the deed, he's done the murder and he sent out this other guy. And then he finds out, you know, Oh, Leonce is, is, is not dead. And then he goes on and says, you know, I'm now I'm, I'm scared. I'm cornered. I'm stuck. I'm, I'm afraid. And everything is kind of downhill from there where I think, you know, you realize that when you 
do something like you know I like I like to personalize. Not that I'm planning on murdering anybody, but <laughs> keep this, keep this maybe going, keep this going. <laughs> method acting, method acting. You know, you gotta put on the character. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but how deep is that? <laughs> that you you know when you walk down that road of errors and you try to hide there will always be loose ends. You you will never be able to neatly package up wrongdoing because mm. the nature of it is to continue and to go on. It's never finished. And that that comes back to bite Macbeth and he realizes that that well, even yeah. if no one catches him, you caught yourself. Mm. Yeah. Self-abuse that we talked about in many other ways, but in the way you mentioned you're always gonna if you got away with all of it scot free. You're always gonna know you did it scot free. <laughs> <laughs> you Scottish player. No. <laughs> That's true, and you really, even if you were condemned by nobody else, you you're you still almost condemn yourself. You're condemned by yourself by, and by God. Man brings upon himself his own condemnation. Mm. Mm, yes, and I think as to go for a religious aspect men will be punished for their own sins mm-hmm. and not for adam's transgression that's not on our conscience um but anything that we do put on our conscience as macbeth has we start to see the ghosts of that appear and one thing i want to mention from a story perspective first of all um kind of a mistake on his part to invite Banquo and not set up a seat for him because the table's full when Banquo sits. <laughs> so fair. Macbeth either doesn't set a seat for Banquo because he's assuming that the murderers will do their job, which happens, or he's assuming that he'll just stand for the entire meal. Yeah, probably, you know, which, poor seating place. Maybe, maybe Lady Macbeth was actually the one in charge of seating arrangements. You don't know. That's true, but I just, I just find that to be an interesting self-condemnation to any lords that were present and observant. It's true. That, oh, we really miss Banquo, but there's not a seat for him. We're not prepared. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. But did they... Because he says the table's full. No, yeah, I'm just thinking... Yeah. Uh... He said the table's full, and he said, "Well, here's a place." Mm-hmm. And he says, "Where?" He says, "Well, here." And he's like, "Why don't you? See, you know, what's moved your? What's your deal?" Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole pointing out to me, the whole thing is shut up about bloody Banquo. Yeah, move along. <laughs> That's Dude true. told you Banquo's dead. Skip along. Just, just forget about him. He's- I mean, he's let. You're talking about in this in the scene. He says, it's, it's "Well, almost- we can't even kill someone nowadays. Back in the old days, if you killed a guy, he's dead." <laughs> says Macbeth. But nowadays, you kill him, he comes back, and he- so you're bringing him back. Yeah. Shut up. Exactly. These millennials with their returned murders. Exactly. <laughs> Eat your food. You know what I mean? Eat your food. Hang out mm. with your boys. Gillo, you I mean, know, you already, you already mentioned Banquo once. That was enough. That was say, hey, that's too bad, your alibi. You said, yeah, alibi. too bad Banquo's not here. That's everybody's Oops. moving along. Just mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, there and you see that Macbeth is a terrible liar, and Lady Macbeth is probably the only reason that he's even made it anywhere in life. But, like, let's be real. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, <laughs> definitely so, and I think it's what we talked about earlier. She she becomes, and, and you see it as we talked about, she becomes his mother. Yeah. You know. In a lot of ways. Several, yeah, in, in many ways, because he, it, at several key parts in the play, it involves them in their bedchamber, which to the audience would have said, aha, this, you know, this is the where the magic happens, right? <laughs> but what always happens in that key moment, Lady Macbeth somehow finds a reason to move away. Mm-hmm. Even at the end of this scene when he's like, okay, uh, if we can just, you know, have a bit of naughty time, maybe this will shake, my, shake me loose. And... She, what's, what's her line is, you know, she's like, you can tell she's just not into it. Like mm-hmm. you would expect again, moving away from the bed again, him saying, uh, well, you know, we're young and you know, the double entendre, we are yet, but young indeed, meaning we've just murdered, but also we're young. Let's, mm-hmm. let's do some things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see, she's just, you lack the season of all nature's sleep. Like, she really means sleep, and he means sleep together. Mm. And she's like, no. But again, taking it. But look what Macbeth says when the murderer says, yeah, because the murderer is being cheeky. I, my good lord, he's safe in a ditch. Yeah, he's real proud I of this murder. I bashed him with, what is it, 20 gashes, the least of which would have been enough to kill him. Why did you and go on with the other 19 a sadist. then? Sadist. And then <laughs> Macbeth's, what's his response? Thanks for that. Does he mean like that's disgusting, or does he mean appreciate it? Appreciate it's all. It's <laughs> well. Isn't he much? Isn't that not the poor taken advantage of Macbeth? That's the Macbeth mm-hmm. is saying. Ooh, you you bashed him twenty times. Yay! Thank mm-hmm. you. One thing that stood out to me now that you mentioned the twenty strikes, the twenty mortal murders, is all he sees. And all he describes of the ghost is what the first murderer already described. Because if you, like, if you bash somebody in the head 20 times, they're going to have gory locks. They're going to have 20 mortal murders in their scalp. And he forces him from his place. And here's the thing. What if that dude's lying because you want the king to like you? Mm -hmm. What if he doesn't want to get in trouble with the king and in walks Banquo completely alive and fine? Just like a scratch, and yeah, you're fine. Like, he's completely created. You know, you got Macbeth, who's supposedly the king, or you know, more or less, <laughs> developing his entire understanding of what's real based on the couple of line testimony of this murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's bizarre and to if, me. And if you were a murderer, like. If 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 you were a murderer nowadays, getting reviews, a five star would review <laughs> would consist of, yep, he killed him all the way. He killed him dead. All the it way. Was, <laughs> he killed, him, he all killed him all the way dead. <laughs> there, nobody not to the pain. He was killed to the death. He was killed to the death. Exactly. <laughs> and so the murderer is just giving himself a five star review. Yes, I uh, killed him twenty times just to be sure. My customer service is absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah, he wants, to, he wants to please Macbeth so he says yeah. more. Because 
murderers, did you do it? Yeah. And if someone says how, I don't know, I think you want to know how. But this murderer's like, I bashed him 20 times and the first one would have killed him. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. I just think that's so... There seems to be so much that isn't human nature that maybe Shakespeare's saying, think about this dude's reality is all based on this unreliable person's testimony. And how often do you do that? Do you create, your world is created by something you hear. It's like when I hear people say, oh, I'm, a, I'm an atheist now because I've, I've listened to this person on YouTube. And I'm like, you'd better put in a balance the people that, you know, your experiences with God and then the other side put the reputation and character of the people convincing you he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You'd better weigh them, mate, before you go running off after the And so I think that about Macbeth. Every time I am involved with this play, I'm like, he literally, he's just led about. But he's hearing what he wants to hear. In a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah, and but he also, cre- after that moment, his reality is based on really flimsy testimony. Whereas Lady, you know, you get to, everybody likes to paint her as the bad guy. But I'm like, yes, she does some bad things, but so does Macbeth. And at least when she does it, she shows the crazy side. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Whereas Macbeth is just like, oh, yeah, thank you. I'm glad you did that. You know, whereas I imagine if he'd have made that report to Lady Macbeth, she'd been like, shut up. I don't want to hear all that. Oh, <laughs> he's is dead. he dead? Yeah, is he dead? Yeah, good. <laughs> That's good. all. Yeah, uh, but I think important thing, just to, on a different subject, just make sure people hear. Because I don't think, I don't know why I feel, I'm one of those iconoclasts, I guess. But I just hate that everybody paints Lady Macbeth with such just in one hue. I mean, she's a lady that suffered. And I think... Shakespeare gives us to know that, particularly if you see it played out, you can see sometimes actresses will take the direction of moving away from the bed, Mm -hmm. right? Giving the idea, in Lady Macbeth's head, her marital bed equals pregnancy, equals the greatest tragedy, the greatest pain she's ever known. And what is it? When a lady loses a baby, it isn't just they, they, they disappear, Depending on how far along, she's got to actually birth that child. Mm -hmm. Blood will have blood. Mm -hmm. You've got her, Mm -hmm. that moment of this dead child issuing out of her. Who for, in her mind, every other woman in the world, this is the happiest moment of her life. And all I'm doing is giving birth to a growth Blood will have blood. She's got to compensate. But no one ever thinks about that for her. And it makes me so sad. Not that she's a real person, but I'm just (laughs) like, I want them to understand her. Yes, she does horrible things. But there's that old country song that says, um, don't blame her. Life made her that way. Mm -hmm. I think about that with Lady Macbeth. Man, you try building up this hope. What are we going to name him? What's he going to do? What is he going to be a doctor? Is he going to be whatever? Mm -hmm. And then suddenly the doctor tells you he's dead. That baby now deceased 
must come out of you. Mm. That's the worst. Mm. That twisted that poor lady. And now she says, what what hope do I have? I don't want to go to bed because that'll be more tragedy. Mm. You know, and with her husband, well, I don't have to have relations and get pregnant. He's already here. I can make him in to what I would have made our son. I mean, that's exactly, this is a, a play in some ways. It's about futures. I mean, you have these, the, the witches who tell the future. And like I mentioned earlier, and I'll mention again with, you know, Macbeth has this future that he's told by these witches that will happen. And he tells Lady Macbeth and for her, it's okay, well, we need to make it happen because when her child died, that was a future she had no control of. But now she's been told that this great thing is going to, to happen for her husband and she's not going to sit and wait for it to happen. And I never thought about that until you just said it today. That, yeah, that's informed my understanding as well. She had no chance to accelerate the birth of her child. Yeah. Except unnaturally. And if there's anything that's unnatural, it's the weird sisters of this play. Which I think that's what the podcast should be called, The Weird Sisters. (laughs) (laughs) All I can think about is the band in the Harry Potter series. (laughs) No, I don't even know that. (laughs) Which is a reference. No, I'm just teasing, by the way. (laughs) We're taking a vote now. We're changing the name of the podcast to The Weird Sisters. Oh, what is it? What is the name of it? I don't know. Oh, okay. That's someone yeah. someone asked me today where what's the name of it? I don't it's know. I threw out there the uh, Shakespeare's shorts. The troops oh, Shakespeare's cute. shorts. You going with the whole double entendre thing? <laughs> Someone's like, "What's in Shakespeare's shorts?" Dude, double well, entendre. Uh, well, I mean, three three talented actors. Whoa, here. hey now. There you go. This <laughs> this week in Shakespeare's shorts. I'm so shorts. sorry, mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This week in Shakespeare's shorts. <laughs> <laughs> See, it works. It's, You'll never I, forget it. <laughs> I won't ever forget. Joey's like, uh. Try again. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 got the whole double entendre going for it. I'm in favor of it. The, of course you are. <laughs> what is that supposed to I be? I just of get an image of like Shakespeare. In his house with his underwear on. <laughs> See, I have a different image. Okay, good. Replace I have, that one. I have uh, Shakespeare on the beach <laughs> walking. Like sunglasses. Sunglasses sure. some neon shorts. I was thinking like some board shorts. Like yeah. a white pair with like flamingos on it or okay, something. Okay, good. You know, Shakespeare Because I'm just thinking yeah. of him walking around in Anne Hathaway being like, like what on. are you doing at home again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm writer, Anne. Okay. <laughs> It takes, it takes, I have my method. Shakespeare would <laughs> thrive in these corona times. <laughs> Sha- that's I mean, working from home. I mean, didn't I, he live through a plague? Is that, yeah, am yeah. I getting history? Was See, some, yeah. exactly. Look we at that. Sh- we should really have a Ring Around the Rosies major. version for the plague that's going on right now. We'll make another someone, one. Someone could write Ring Around the Rosie. And then in 40 years, no one would have, what's, what are they talking about? <laughs> one in a million coughed. Masks, you know? masks. We all get locked down. What? Yeah, it's true. It's true. I'm a poet. <laughs> uh, well, I just, I think, are we gonna? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know, the the sisters that we don't read at the end. The, what are the words? You know, like a repeat a repetition of words. You know, you'll use it in scriptures to get a point. What about the word time? The words time and tomorrow in Macbeth. Mm. 
because you get the feeling sometimes that, like you said, Lady Macbeth is like, no, tomorrow might not. She knows better than anybody. Tomorrow might not come. Tomorrow might not exist. This gets done today. Mm. Good work, Evan. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's too bad, you know, her work is a little twisted, but it is good work ethic. Something else that I thought of that I've thought of before many times with the way women are portrayed in Shakespeare's plays, you know, being a woman, I have some interest there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in in most of, if not all of the comedies, things work out only because the main heroes of the story listen to either their love interest or other female members of the cast and things don't work out most often when, when the female characters not listen to. And Macbeth is kind of a different play where you have a very twisted and evil female character and it's Macbeth trusting in her and listening to her that ultimately leads him, you know, to, to the tragedy, the end of this play. And it reminded me what you said earlier with when the murderer comes in and, you know, he just trusts him on this testimony. I think it's in some ways it's a play about learning what kinds of people you can trust and what kinds of people you should trust. Because if you trust the wrong people, um, the, the play ends in tragedy versus other plays that end in comedy because they trust it right. That's a good point. I mean, and that ultimately is one of the lessons because even in this scene that we did, ultimately what turns his mind into mush? The words of a murderer. Mm. Of a murderer and some witches. And so he listens to that guy and ignores you. True. I mean... I mean, in some ways he... He does. He does not put on the calm air that, that Lady Macbeth... Shouldn't you have that sort of relationship with your woman that if she says calm down you know she's not trying to embarrass you or Mm -hmm. shut you up she's trying to do what's good for you Mm -hmm. just calm down you know not and if he doesn't then y'all shouldn't be together exactly but if you know if your wife says hey calm down then calm down (laughs) i mean don't even ask why at that point have such a relationship that she says calm down and you calm down. Mm-hmm. And we see the opposite in this scene. Exactly. Where when Lady Macbeth says calm down, he's almost like, I'm completely calm. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. fine. Why would you ask? <laughs> if yeah. it wasn't for this ghost, I'd be fine. <laughs> well, that's you actually, see him, right? Yeah. That's exactly what he says, though. I mean, he, yeah. he mm-hmm. tells the ghost, you know, if you were to appear in any other shape, I would have no fear. You know, be be the lion, be the bear, be the whatever tiger but but he is he is the murdered man and and that puts him over there you know that's what he's afraid of and he also you know he comments on lady Macbeth. of course she can't can't see the ghost but you know why you know your your rosy colored cheeks you don't you why are you not afraid when i see these horrible things and she's like chill out bro and and he speaks some truth there where i think if she did see the ghost she would be a little more freaked out and afraid. And maybe she wouldn't put on the same guys because she sees what he's doing. He sh- she might be like, oh, well, um, we need to just ignore that more so. But I think it would affect her too. True. And I think it's interesting that she doesn't see it 
well, therein lies the hear what it is. Well, therein lies the question. Well, exactly. Does she not see it because she doesn't hear the description? Mm. Does she not? Would she not see it because it would? Even if she did, it wouldn't affect her that way. Mm. She's so beyond feeling in that way. <laughs> when she talks about, there's this part in here where people always say that she's well. All through Macbeth, people say Lady Macbeth is emasculating her husband. I don't know if I see it that way. I well, always, in many ways, she does question. You know, are you a man? And but and is she doing of... that to make fun of him, or doing that to say, "Oi, remember who you are." There's a way to say, "Are you a man?" That's emasculating, and there's a way to say, "Are you a man?" That's encouraging. Mm. And I don't know. And when she says, when she talks about you're telling these stories that would be a bunch of girls sitting around a fire that their grandma would tell. Now, that sounds a little harsh. A little. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, thinking of her wanting, you know, he's the surrogate son. Maybe she's, that attitude is less emasculating and more uh, matriarchal. Mm. Mm. trying to say come on be a boy stand you know be a man stand up be a man less than you're not a man you know mm. i've always the, wondered that it's phrased as a question so that you can see like i th i think there's a lot of different ways you could portray that because you could portray that as are you a man like are you like <laughs> get up you went yeah quit being a you know yeah um but you you can see it either way and i think that's the proper way to use questions in stories is to use them because as an audience, we immediately have an answer of what she means by the question, but we can think of it in whatever way we want. And like so many other classics, it's up for interpretation. Yeah. I, I had a Shakespeare teacher one time, not teacher, but you know, a director who would do this really interesting thing. He'd say, we're only going to have in a scene with like, the two of you, only Lady Macbeth is going to read her lines. You're just going to react as Stephen. Mm. Oh, interesting. And he would record it, right, so that you could hear. So she says, are you a man? Don't read what's on the line. What would you say if your wife said, are you a man? What would you say? Well, you, like, you'd be I'll a show you what a man I am. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, no, not physically. Well, <laughs> physically of a different not how sort. I meant that. Oh, all right. I was like, wow. No. Susanna straight to the. Wow. Well, no, physically of a different sort. See, that's my mindset. Like, when, because we went through the actors, I did, didn't play Macbeth or Lady Macbeth. Went through the did act and the act. Pardon, I did play Lady Macbeth. I played all the actors, actually. I just. Yeah. You I were just, like one man play? Yeah, it was a one. One woman play. <laughs> Are yeah. you a man? Are you a man? <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Do half that as a sort of exercise in mm -hmm. how do you hear it? Yeah. Are you a man? Yeah, I'll show you what a man I am in a minute. Well, and then she's like, well, because you're doing this. Okay, you didn't see the creepy ghost. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Say it in your own words to see, and then what you could do, and then what he would do is he would show it on a uh, the transcript on like the screen and say, "Do your 
reactions the match up and quite often you'll see they do mm-hmm. now they're written in different words obviously mm-hmm. but you'll see that your reactions actually match up Interesting. and you're like oof, that just made it so much more yeah. real for me you well know? an additional i thought i had to that question you know is it is she being emasculating is she being matriarchal and it can be both in the sense that based off of Macbeth's reactions i would take it to mean that he feels emasculated by that mm-hmm. you know he's yeah. like you know i'm but from her perspective if if this is her surrogate son she may or may not intend that but it, it's right. both at the same time in at some the, ways it doesn't matter yeah but see that was like Beth takes it that's exactly right because the thing i was saying i'll show you i'm a man mm. that's not the words of a confident man no that's mm. the words of a man who Feels he has to prove his manhood. I'll show you I'm a man. He's got to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Well, in any sort of thing. Yeah. But if a woman says, are you a man? You should be like, yeah. Not, I'll show you, or mm-hmm. yeah, or, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. defensiveness. Sure. Yeah. 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 That, <laughs> the defense, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's a, I don't know, it's a universal feeling. That, are you a man? Why? Do you need one? Oh, saucy! Saucy! Oh, oh! And she just run away. It's Lady Macbeth after. <laughs> no, run away. <laughs> I mean, it's, do you get the? But see the thing, and I know I'm harping on it, but it's so it makes it so much more evocative when you think out, damn spot. Mm. I mean, she was at home having that baby. The spots everywhere, spotting in her clothes before it's miscarried. Man, that's a lady that knows about that out. That's what her soul says. Mm-hmm. If I couldn't have had that night where my night clothes were spotted with blood, I wouldn't be here today. I'd be, do you know? Out. Yeah. She'd have her child and she'd have the future that and she wanted. And she could be the, the mother that exactly that yeah it's it's so it's so deep this guy man but no one ever thinks about i don't think most people don't when she says are you a man it almost puts him it it doesn't it that's where you start seeing him as her surrogate son i think because you don't ask that of somebody who you already respect as a man that's a good point so. Yeah, would you ever say that, I mean, Susanna, to your husband? Not You're not I mean, married now. Ideally not. No, ideally not. Yeah, ideally. Unless he's being a child, <laughs> then maybe. Right. But, but if doesn't he is, this, then we're in a bad way. Because Right, but doesn't that, but you learned that from Macbeth. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because someone put a thing, a comment on one of my videos and said, oh, the Bible teaches that better than Aristotle. Well, maybe and maybe not. It doesn't make the Bible less holy to say Aristotle taught something clearer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so to say, I learned how to avoid being, uh, how to avoid emasculating my husband from Shakespeare. I don't think that's a shame. No. To say, oh, you should have learned it from the Bible. Okay, you can, but what's the harm in learning it from Shakespeare? I mean, read you in the best books and precisely find truth. You know where it is. I mean, that's that's something that that God commands. I mean, obviously, I, He's the source of all truth, but you find it where it is. Yeah, I mean, my Oxford version uh, of the 
what do you call it, complete Shakespeare is just marked to shred because it's just annotated with scripture. Mm. Because I'm like, that teaches the same thing, but it sometimes the scripture pierces me deeply more deeply and sometimes Shakespeare does. And I don't think God has a problem as long as I learn no, the lesson, you course. know. And attribute the fact that he still is the source of truth. Precisely. And and give him thanks for letting you have a mind that can read and understand, eyes that work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. many things that you wouldn't be able to know Shakespeare if it wasn't for God. And if you recognize that, like, I think that's perfect, Susanna. If you recognize that God made it possible for you to read Shakespeare, then I'm sure he's fine with you getting good learning out of Shakespeare, yeah. you know? And I think it's necessary that we have works like Shakespeare that aren't scripture mm-hmm. that that teach truths because all things testify of Christ and not just scripture. And so it's important that that stand as a witness of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, Amen. I had just the other day at a, we had a family reunion and my wife's sister was she you know she claims she well we're not gonna get into it but question <laughs> okay. was, she might listen to this and then be like why are you here but she had a question and i'm like you know above all to thine own self be true who cares what others say about what happens after death mm-hmm. who cares what the scriptures say what do you think happens you know to thine own self be true you know, that when, when he gives that instruction, yes, that's Hamlet, but when he gives that instruction, I think he it's it's a good lesson, a lesson that I've, since I was little and first heard that, all, all the other things to thine own self be true. To me, I've always said, that doesn't mean be selfish or be conceited. It means put all the truth into your head. So that you don't have a problem being true to yourself instead of true to someone else's stuff. Because, and, and well, you no, you just I'm just still thinking. You just changed my perspective on that Susanna, about the whole running to her, you know, fate. Because that key soliloquy of tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, mm-hmm. people play that <clears throat> different ways. I've always seen it as Macbeth sort of mocking the way kids will do tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's always tomorrow. You know how Mm -hmm. kids, right? Mm -hmm. When can we do this? We'll do it tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. Tomorrow. And he's been taught, right, he's been taught that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. His wife is like, tomorrow might never come. So now he's in a position like, quit telling me things are happening tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's like, have you ever, you know, had that experience when you pray and you feel like God says, oh, soon. Like, when is it gonna I be think, now right and then you think of 2000 years right well yes a short season that was a thousand years and when he said when in narnia when it i think it's a horse and his boy and he says it's soon and he says what does that mean and he says all times are soon to aslan mm. <laughs> which is so infuriating you, it's infuriating when, and it I mean is. I think and even just taking that idea of a child and this whole kind of to Lady Macbeth you know Macbeth is her, is her, sur- her surrogate son wow English is hard um, 
and I mean, we're children of God and kind of it's the same idea of, you know, we're waiting for when, when is tomorrow, when is soon. And do we ever, are we, you know, when you're single, you want to be married. When you're married, you want a child. When you have one child, you want two. When you have, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Satisfaction God, does not come easily. Yeah, God must be sitting up there and saying, it's never enough for you. Mm-hmm. But we do that. We pray, oh, I don't want to be seen. you know what? That's the point. Like, it's not supposed to be enough here, Connor. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the whole C.S. Lewis, this is supposed to be a, yeah. a terribly, a terrible hotel that you don't want to stay too long in. <laughs> <laughs> hotel Earth. It's the next Eagles song. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, mm. let's wrap up. Any other final thoughts that you guys have? Well, I'm... I, I just hope we keep doing it. I'd like if we could yeah. do... If people enjoy it, we could do the hits and then maybe occasionally sure. do a deep cut, mm-hmm. like a Troilus and Cressida <laughs> kind of deal. The deep or... cut of uh, Shakespeare's show. <laughs> oh, yikes. See, that, that takes a whole... But there'll be people who love it. They'll be like, oh, they're doing the double entendre. And it's like, I, I, I'm not doing it. No, it's not <laughs> For me, there's just one. There's only one entendre. <laughs> It's a single entendre, yeah, and it does not want to be married. It is <laughs> deep cut. The deep cut in his shorts is simply... <laughs> his flies down, it'll come up. Don't worry. Right. Exactly. No, Don't I worry think about funny. that. But can you imagine like, do some, like, some Titus Andronicus or something, mm-hmm. deep cut stuff that's, like, really good, but not something you, you know, often hear about? It's true. Antony and Cleopatra? Sure. Yeah, you know, you hear about that. You don't hear it performed very often, Anthony mm-hmm. and Cleopatra. Oh, there's another one that I can't remember what it's called. Is one I'd never heard of until the Southwest Shakespeare Company did it. I went and watched it with my mom. Time of Athens. No, oh. it's it's one word. It's a person. It's the main character's name. So that oh, really um, helps. Sibylline. No. Um, Steve. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Steve. By the tragedy of Steve. <laughs> it's a comedy, and I believe it's based on like a Greek something. Hmm. Yeah, know. he's got a lot. Well, he's he got... took Plutarch as his source material for the for the Romans and the Greeks. Interesting. Yeah, Plutarch. He just swapped it out, just changed it up a little if bit. If you'd taken Joey's class, you would know what Plutarch. It's so funny when people are like, that's just like in Shakespeare. Did he get that from Shakespeare? It's like, switch, switch it a, yeah, around a little bit Yeah, Shakespeare had a time machine. <laughs> and he went back 1,600 years before he was alive. I'm Googling it now for you. I will find it. All of Shakespeare's plays. <laughs> <laughs> you want to just read them off? We'll decide There's what we're doing right on air. And there you, well, I you could do a, like a... A thing, just have people vote for what we do next. There you go. This, this is the inter the interactive stuff this, will help. Let's go yeah. with three options. All right, and then we'll put it up on Twitter. All right, <laughs> on the on the Twitter, or we could do the, the Instagram as well. Instagram, yeah, Instagram, yeah. We'll Instagram it. Did you find it? My goodness. You sure it's not Steve? You know, I'm Billy. starting to think it might be. Because <laughs> um, if it's in alphabetical order, it'll be under S. So I feel like it starts with a P. You just. Playa. Playa. Probatio. Probatio. Pass. Pasturizomana. Pasturized. <laughs> Pericles. Pericles. Oh, okay. Eric, of course. 
That's a comedy? Pericles is a comedy? I'm pretty sure it's a comedy, yeah. Well, it's his name, and usually names indicate tragedy. Peri- well, but I'm 99% sure that it's a comedy. You know what Pericles means in Greek? What does it mean? Perikleos means almost glorious. Oh. So it's a tragedy. I'm pretty sure because it was almost and, glorious. So it's very similar, almost like to next the idea to glory, like, almost glory. Yeah. You know how like Odysseus spends forever, like in the the, the world, and then he finally uh-huh. makes it home. It's it's a similar idea where where he's kind oh, of going on adventures and getting now. into weird different situations. I don't know that I've read. Maybe it, is it like for sure Shakespeare? Yeah, it's for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. But you know what it's I mean. It's not like, one of those. It's on the list. It's on his okay. list of plays. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's up. not a very well known. Like I'd never heard of it before right. until I saw that the Southwest Shakespeare Company was going to do it. And I don't know. It's one of his older ones, I think. And as opposed to like one that he wrote last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not any of his new stuff. I don't like his post boy band stuff. <laughs> when him and Marlo and Bacon were all together, their stuff was solid, but. His post boy band is just weak uh, sauce. Let me see if I can find like a summary of. <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah, you go ahead. What do you think then, Mike? We should think of three. Three, yeah, three plays. Three plays. Yeah, we'll figure out the scenes later, but the, the three plays, like the hits. So, so Hamlet, Hamlet, Romeo Hamlet, is Juliet. Hamlet is just a solid one. Hamlet, Hamlet is so good. Um, okay, so Hamlet, we'll Henry V. Henry V, Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. Gotta admit, my I'm not strong on the tragedies, so. You want a comedy one? Well, I mean, I like com- as you I, like. I, it. I would love to do. So let's. Why don't we do that? Do a, a history, a tragedy, and a comedy. Oh, that okay, sounds so good. Okay, so King Henry V. So Henry V yeah. as the history. We'll make Hamlet the tragedy. Make Hamlet we the just tragedy. Macbeth. And what comedy do you want? Comedy sweetie? do I want? Oh dear goodness. Um... Pick one I've already been in. Pick one you've already been in. <laughs> Pick one you've done. I mean, one you like. Well, it's all okay. We, we, Twelfth Night is one of my favorites. Okay. Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night. Sorted. Sounds there you good. go. Okay. That's a fun one. So, Henry V, Hamlet, Hamlet, Twelfth Night. Twelfth Instagram. And then right. we'll just, once the people make their voice heard. Are we allowed we'll to choose the scene? Is this a democracy? Is this a republic? Are we, are we elected It's just democracy. Just... Democracy, but we get to choose the scene. And the scene, we'll choose okay. the scene. Okay. I think I have scenes I like in all of those. I think Hold I on. think I love some parts of these plays by Shakespeare. You know, I can't think of a great Hamlet scene at all. I'm but sorry. uh but I, <laughs> words, words, words. We could do Hamlet the musical. Could do you Hamlet know? the oh, Lion King. Hamlet the Second. Oh, Hamlet, Hamlet two electric boogaloo. <laughs> where Hamlet meets Louisa, a poor Puerto Rican girl from the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> Louisa. And she's like, oh, just, Hamlet, I know you've been with Ophelia. I ain't finna be with you, Hamlet. I know you with her. He's like, nah, girl, I ain't with her no more, you know? I'm all about you. Let's go dance in the in the rain. Oh, you know, to be, I got you. I got you. To be yeah. or not to be, you know? <laughs> so Hamlet. I got an answer. And, and Twelfth Night. Twelfth night. All right. All right. All right, so okay. see, so what are we, are we really calling it Shakespeare Shorts? People want to yes. know. It's, okay. We're doing fine. it. Okay. Fine. Shakespeare, Shakespeare Executive order. Shakespeare, Shakespeare Shorts. <laughs> this is going to get confusing because I introduced myself as Rebecca. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. what should we call you? It's all good. No we'll one knows. You. I don't know when you're Larry. Every time we'll switch. You'll switch. Mm-hmm. Lady Macbeth. Okay. Lady- <laughs> 
I'm good with either. I don't know. Are you sure you are? Well, so I don't like my first name. <laughs> Which but is your first name? Susanna. Why don't you like it? It's beautiful. Because, okay. This is oh, I mean, think you explained it before Have because well, like Americans call well, you Suzanne or well, something. So it's spelled with an E because it's right. German. But also like Susanna, I feel like Susanna is a Southern belle who like chills with Scarlett O'Hara. And they like have I mean, two brain cells between them. I don't know. And like, worse places to be. I mean, that's not like me, oh, you know. So do you like Rebecca better? I do like Rebecca better. And just say that, and so, I'll, I, I can train myself to call you Rebecca. I just I mean, feel bad for people who've called me Susanna for so, so many that, years this now. Is why? But, this is gonna go out know. to the world forever. Yeah. It's Rebecca. Susanna, Rebecca. It's not Rebecca. It's, it's Rebecca. Yeah. The heck. We'll see you next week. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the few people I know in the world that mispronounces her own name. <laughs> It's Susanna, you know? No, that part's fine. Your last... Hecht. Yeah, she mispronounces her own name. Because I'm sick of going, my name is Hecht. And people are like, what? Hecht. What? H-E-C-H-T. Hecht? That's fine. Sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, always, I always, when I talk about Rebecca, which is often when I talk about, you know, things in school that we're good at, I often say she's one of the few people I know in the world that doesn't know how to pronounce her own name. Even my dad does it. He'll be like... Well, with his first name, too, because his first name is Roland, and everyone will say Ronald, and he'll be like, sure. Ronald, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he goes to the restaurant, and he'll be like, Ronald Hecht, in his German <laughs> Ronald, accent. Ronald Hecht. <laughs> that's, that's rough. Uh, Good time. Yeah. Uh, All right. All right. Here we go. Well, we'll see you next week. Shakespeare shorts. <laughs>